Hey guys, welcome to Calvary HSM. We are a place where we want to make disciples who live and love like Jesus. So we hope you enjoy this podcast. Well, hey girls, how are you? I'm exhausted because of jumping for two songs, but feeling good. My name is Sophia Hartman. I am the high school ministry intern for the year. Very happy. Thank you very much. Very excited. Um, to be doing this, this is so much fun. I don't think we've ever done this in the time that I've been in HSM as a staff member or anything like that. So, uh-oh, uh-oh, a boy. <laughs> Brother, you can go head to the middle school room, 1700. We'll see you later. Everyone give it up for our friend in the hat. Amazing. All right, ladies. Wow, we have so much time together. I feel like I'm like beat red, but you know, we'll just go with it. I'm not, praise the Lord. Um, I did get a fat farmer's hand though on my left arm today from working the bouncy slide. So anyways, welcome to the women's Q&A for dating, kissing, sex, and stuff with high school ministry. I'm gonna have our lovely, lovely panelists introduce themselves and then we're gonna go over a few things and then we're gonna dive right into the questions. So to my left, mother of almost one, tell us who you are. Most importantly, I do have a four-legged child. We can't forget about Oh, him, let's not so. forget. Fur babies yeah. count. Um, no, anyways. Hi, everyone. I'm Devin Hiltzbrand. It's so good to be with you this evening. Um, I'm a licensed marriage and family therapist. I work over at Oaks. I help with some of our social, emotional, mental health stuff over there. Um, but I've volunteered with HSM for years. I've been a little away since I've been working and being married and Making a having child. a baby and all of these crazy things. But it is just such an honor to be with you guys. Danny will tell you. Yes. Um, It is such an honor to be with you guys this evening, and I just hope this time is fruitful, so thanks for having me. Yay! Give it up for Devin. All right, next on our couch of love, who is this? Hi, my name is Danny Howard, and um, I'm married to Brian Howard. He's a pastor at this church. He used to be the high school pastor. We actually met as high school ministry interns here in 2010, and so high school ministry was a big part of our life for a very, very long time, and then um, we have three babies. Uh, we got Grace, our five-year-old, Noah, our three-year-old baby boy, and then Hopi, who is, her name's Hope, sorry, um, her name's Hope, and uh, she's my one-year-old, and so, yeah, just so grateful to be here with you guys, it's so good, love Yay, it. Danny! Next Hello, up. everyone, my name's Paulina Lasky, Yay! and thank you, thank you. Um, I work here on staff at Calvary as the Associate Director of our Special Abilities Ministry, um, a lot of y'all have served with special abilities, and we love that ministry. I've been serving here with HSM since, like, 2017, and I met my husband, JD, here at YA. So go youth ministry. Yes, youth love ministry. It a lot. Love you guys it. are in the right place if you want to get married. Yeah. Speaking <laughs> of, oh wow, Sarah Serwinski, tell us who Woo! you are. Hi. Oh, sorry, my voice is kind of going out, but I am Sarah. I get to be one of the pastors of Young Adults Ministry here, so I'm very excited to have some of our seniors this <laughs> summer. Um, and yes, I got to see the genesis of both Danny and Brian's relationship when I was a student, and then Paulina and JD when we served. So I started serving HSM a while back, and then kind of went up to YA, but really thrilled to be here. Also did meet my future husband on a YA mission trip. So come to Israel this summer. You never know what's going to happen. <laughs> and our other resident single up here, Grace. Yes. Tell us who you are. My name is Grace Fraser. Um, I've been serving with uh, Calvary HSM for the past two years. I was a Calvary HSM student. Um, and I'm just really, really happy to be here. I'm very lucky to be here. Um, I'm a small group leader and I love my children. Um, yeah, just honored to be up here with you wonderful people. Amazing, amazing. Give it one more little applause for our sweet, sweet panelists. Um, thank, this is gonna be so much fun. I feel like. It's just, it's, we're gonna have a great time together. Quick disclaimer before we get started. Um, actually, I'll just tell you how the night's gonna go and then I'll say my little disclaimer and then we'll get started. So basically, I have this list of questions that you guys have submitted over the last four weeks of the Dating, Kissing, Sex and Stuff series. Um, this is just a mixed bag of questions I was going through. It highlighted some of the ones I really wanna point out, but we just wanna answer questions that are on your guys' hearts, being, 
not only a teenager, but a teenage girl, also a teenage girl in the world of Instagram and TikTok and Snapchat and filters and, I mean, you name it, it, we've all gone through it together um, as far as like social media and phones and all of that stuff goes with the pressure that it puts on us. We all know what it's like to have, uh, oh, we got another one, there's another. We have a boy, hey. Hey, mister. Lauren's gonna take care of him um, <laughs> and get him, get him into the right spot. Everybody say bye, guy in crew neck. Um, I, sh I shouldn't call out every boy that walks in, but it's kind of fun to do so. Um, anyways, but so I have this list of questions, but we really just want to hit like what's on your guys' hearts um, tonight and just kind of, we're just going to kind of go for it, see where the Holy Spirit takes us. Um, but quick little disclaimer, a lot of the questions, obviously because we're in a series called Dating, Kissing, Sex and Stuff, a lot, if not all of the questions have to do with one of those four subjects. And so um, we just want to quickly just let you guys know that in Christ, there is no condemnation. There is a scripture that says, I don't know the address of it, of course, if someone could grab that for me. Of, Therefore, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. So you sitting here as a Christian who believes in Jesus, who has professed Jesus, I'm not going to assume that everybody in here has done that, but I know for the vast majority of us that in Christ Jesus, there is no condemnation. And in here, if you don't know Jesus, we want to invite you into just a conversation about this man, Jesus, who can relieve you and free you of the condemnation that comes with sin in this life. Doesn't just have to be sexual, doesn't have to be lustful, just sin in and it of itself brings condemnation when you are outside of the love of God. But in the love of God, you have full freedom and access to a free life free of condemnation. So with that being said, things that we're gonna bring up tonight, we are. you guys have probably done, if not at least know somebody who's done some of the stuff we'll bring up that would be under the category of sin or sexual sin or sexual immorality. We are not trying to throw shade or throw shame on anybody in this room, but in the word, there is black and white when it comes to sin. There is sin or no sin. And so we have to be truthful, right? Jesus was the way, the truth, and the life. But we also don't want you guys to feel uncomfortable. So please know that this is all coming from a heart of truth, that we want to speak grace and truth over you and walk you into a better future with Jesus. Amen? Awesome. Well, <laughs> let's pray. <laughs> let's pray really quick and then we'll uh, get started. So, Father, in Jesus' name, we just say thank you for this evening. Lord, I thank you for each lady in this room, not just panelists or Devin's baby, but each uh, student in this room, um, even our wonderful tech men that are in this room. God, we thank you so much for them. Jesus, we thank you that you set us free. We just sang a song called Where Are the Chains because we are questioning where our chains are because they're no longer on us. We are no longer bound by our sin. We are no longer bound by darkness or by hell itself. We are free in you, Jesus. When we say yes to you, you become everything and darkness has no part with us. And so we just thank you, thank you, thank you. We get to celebrate you today on Palm Sunday. Looking forward to the death, burial, and resurrection of your body, Jesus, that you bore, you bore our sin, you bore our shame on your body, and you raised to life without either of them. And you are free with the Father now. And so we thank you that you have brought us into your love and into your light in Jesus' name. Amen. Shall we get started? Yay. Okay. First question, and I'll just throw this. This is at no one in particular, unless the subject really has to do with them. But I'll just throw questions at one of you, and then if you guys want to chime in, just go ahead and chime in. Um, all right, here we go. Why do girls put so much pressure on what our bodies look like? Why do girls put so much pressure on what our bodies look like? I'm going to give that one to Danny to start, and then we'll just we'll go right from there. Ooh, all right. Why do we put so much pressure on what our bodies look like? Well, um, you know, for me at least, it was I put a lot of effort into what I look like because I wanted the boy in middle school to like me when I was in middle school, just to be clear. So sorry. Um, just so <laughs> like. <laughs> We hear you, we hear I'm you. I'm so sorry, trying to be clear. Um, no, I just remember like feeling like going, I went to church on Sunday because the crush I had was going to church. And maybe some of you feel that. 
um, even in high school. I know I did. And um, I, uh, yeah, a lot of, at least for me, like, emphasis was put on, like, how I looked. And if a boy would notice me, if a boy would, you know, come up and flirt with me, if I could catch him glancing at me from the other room. And now, but he, and now I'm talking about middle school. I'm talking about nowadays. It still matters. Like, I still care way too much about what I look like because I'm on social media and I see other mamas and I'm like, oh, wow, look at their postpartum bodies. I'm amazed. And, um, and, and so many moms that bounce back so quickly or, or just whatever. Um, so I'm sorry. I, I think that's, we just care. We care what other people think about us. Um, and I think that's the brokenness in us, that's sin in us, that we just, we care what other people think. We want to be accepted, right? We want to feel known. We want to feel loved. We want to feel accepted. And sometimes we think that how we look and our bodies and stuff will somehow do that. But that isn't actually going to sustain us. And, um, like, God gave us these bodies, and they're meant to be, like, a temple. Like, that's what, like, First Corinthians talks about. And, like, we're supposed to treat them well. I really feel like Devin should talk about this because Devin is really gifted in this area in talking about this. So let's hand it. I'm going to hand it away, it Devin. To Devin. Wonderful answer, though, Danny. Yeah, that was yeah. really insightful. Um, yeah, I, I think the the base of it is that we're taught to. Um, I think from even if you think about having little kids, you always say, oh, he's going to be a heartbreaker. Or, oh, she's going to just be a knockout or whatever. So I think even as babies, you know, it's, it's meant in uh, a complimentary fashion. But at the end of the day, we're always looking at appearance um, since the time you know, she comes out of my womb, like, it's going to be people looking at her appearance, and it's this really odd thing, and then you add social media and technology and, and all of that on top of it, and it just kind of puts salt on the wound, um, and, and it does come from brokenness, absolutely, because we're always looking for a measure of our worth, and inevitably, um, the outward becomes the easiest way to measure those things, um, so then you add culture that's defining that, and so then we just learn to. And, and you all have it much harder than I think even a lot of us had it um, in many of my conversations with parents and even with some of the teens I work with over at school. I find myself always reminding them that um, even I graduated from Oaks Yikes 13 years ago. And at that time, we barely had like MySpace and Facebook and all of that. Um, so like if I got dumped, I could like go on summer vacation and not really know what my ex was doing or what like pretty girl he was hanging out with or whatever, right? Now you guys don't have that luxury. You have access to this like unlimited amount of information about who's not inviting you to things or who he's hanging out with or whatever, right? Or what she looks like. And no, not a lot of guidance to help you process that information or make sense of it. Um, and so you're kind of set up for failure. And my heart grieves that with you. Um, and so my just encouragement for all of you is um, you're taught to put pressure on your bodies, to look a certain way, to function a certain way. Um, you find that your worth and value often is meant in what you will or won't do with that body. Um, and, and my prayer for all of you is just that you have at least one person, a woman, um, that you can go to and talk to about that could be your parent. That would be a huge blessing. Um, but if it's not, there are lots of them available to you um, because it doesn't have to be that way, but culture is going to tell you otherwise. Um, so you have to have someone that's willing to say that it doesn't have to be that way. So um, I'm here. Um, all of us are here. And um, it, it's not your fault that you put pressure on your body. Um, and it's unfair, but it, it doesn't have to be that way forever. And um, this is just a little fun fact. I had some gals asking me, earlier, like, what's some weird things about pregnancy? And the one thing I'll tell you is your body does this really weird, crazy, weird stuff, just fill in the blank. Um, and having a husband who I actually met in way, I forgot to add that too. Um, thank you, Calvary. Um, but having a, a stable, solid husband that sees me for more than what I look like yeah. is really encouraging, especially in this season. And especially when I know that bounce back is like coming at me yeah. and all of that pressure. So that's just an encouragement for you that there are men that also don't care yeah. and love you no matter what. <laughs> Sorry, just to add one more thing. The beautiful good news is that God sees you not on your outward appearance, but on your heart and like he sees all of you and he 
like if he saw your Instagram profile, like he'd give you a million likes and he has the ability to do that because he's infinite, okay? So that was a lame joke, I'm sorry. But I it's the it. truth and Jesus loves you yes. for all of you and he believes that you are his beautiful daughter. So please believe that. Amen. And there are men that will feel that way too. So yeah. it's just like, I think that that's the tangible piece too to remember. Um, and waiting on the Lord, I think even Brian maybe talked about that, like this weekend, recently, I'm losing my mind. Um, but it's totally worth it. Yes. So anyways, yeah. We're Amen. Done. Such good answers. Such good wisdom coming from the couch tonight. I love that. Um, but yeah, there are men that will see you outside of the boundaries of what they can see right in front of them that will look into your heart. Those men also don't just have to be a boyfriend or a husband. You could have just male friends, period, point blank, that see you for who you are on the inside, not on the outside. Um, and I've experienced that in my own life. I've actually never had a boyfriend, fun fact. Um, but I've had male friends that have come alongside me that have only seen me for what's in my heart and not for what's on the outside. And that is a beautiful, beautiful blessing to have. So it doesn't just have to be limited to romantic, romantic relationships. It can be in friendships too. Um, anyways, let's move on. Um, next question, really diving in deep, um, and I'll, <laughs> I'll throw this one at, <laughs> um, I will throw this one at Sarah first, and then anybody who wants to jump in can go ahead. Um, is it okay to have sexual intercourse if you are madly in love with someone that you are not married to? Will I not be forgiven for it if I have, uh, some sort of sex, whether that be, you know, the full shebango or <laughs> a little something on the side? Is it okay? <laughs> Is the question to you, Sarah? We're using technical terms. <laughs> it says more on here, Great. and I limited it. I so love it. Go for it. No, we and we did. We had the privilege of answering this in our at the 11 a.m. And I'm going to take some of Grace's answer because I, I loved how you started it. And just to start with the second half of that question is like, there is nothing that can separate you from the love of God. Like no amount of sin and shame. Like what Jesus did on the cross is very expensive, and you can never pay for it. Like it, it will cover everything. And I think with that, it's less of the question, like, I remember my pastor in college kind of put it this way. Sometimes we ask, like, where's the line? And he's like, when we're flirting with the line, it actually reveals a posture in our heart um, that is starting to veer more towards sin than away from it. And he put it this way. He's like, if Jesus offers us this, like, well in our lives, where he's like, I'm the way, I'm the truth of life, like you said earlier, it's not a question of how close to the line can I get, but how close to the well can I get? Wow where you're like, I want to be near that source of life. So all to say, like, later on in scripture, I think it's Romans 5, Paul says, you know, now that we know the grace that we've been given, let's not abuse it. Let's not abandon that grace. It will never run out, but it changes that, the way that we start to see that. And I think to answer the, the part that's like, if you're madly in love, something I realized in my own life is the, the love that we can give someone um, can never uphold a relationship. Yeah. Like, even if it's the love of Christ, and, like, I'm not yet in a covenant relationship, and I'm about to, like, make one, um, like, commit to a covenant relationship, and that's us saying, without the love of God at the center of this, like, we have no shot. Yeah. So I understand, like, it's kind of asking yourself, like, what do you mean by madly in love? Because if you love someone with the love of Christ, it's saying, at all costs, I want to give you what God wants to give you. And if we're told that, you know, sex outside of marriage is not the best, like it's a form of a good thing that God's given us. It just might be out of bounds. It's like, I'm going to love you enough to have this in the right context, even if it's not with me one day. And I think that's what's hard because I've been in a relationship where I'm like, I am very attracted to you. You know, like I'd be ready to do this. But I know at the end of the day, the best thing is to say, Lord, I actually don't know what's best, but you yeah, do. Um, but if you've been there and you're like, we have already crossed that line, again, like the grace of God does not run out on your life and he could redeem any relationship, but it's going back and saying, I'm not de gonna define love. I'm gonna let God define what madly in love is. Yeah, so yeah, does anyone wanna add anything to that? Paulina, yes. Um, I think just going off of that, I think of <clears throat> the scripture of like the eye is the lamp of the body and being mindful, if you're thinking about crossing that line of like what you're watching to, watching what you're listening to, and we talked about that in our small group a couple weeks ago of just like, if you're desiring some of those things, I think sometimes that comes from the culture that we're in, the conversations you're having with people, and that I think, I hate to even say like nowadays, but like to the girl's point of like, just things have shifted since we were your age, and I, I recognize that, and the same for our parents, but 
understanding that like the exposure, but also just like streaming stuff and all of that, like you guys have access to a lot more than what we had at your age, but the temptation was still there when we were your age. Mm -hmm. And I think being mindful of the shows you're watching, the movies you're watching, music you're listening to, like if it's, if it's then putting you in a position where you're like, I want that, I want what they're talking about or glamorizing or making it seem so casual, hooking up or whatever it is, like I think if you can restrict some of that, it helps just keep you on that right path and that hookup culture and all of that, like that's detrimental and that's gonna have you veer from your faith. And I think if you can, obviously you don't wanna have shame in that, but if it's something you're wrestling with, I think you need to take inventory a little bit of like, what are the things that I'm you know, looking at and listening to? And is that making me want to do those things with my boyfriend or my girlfriend or whoever? Or is that making me, um, like lust for that. I just think it, it's really important and, and having a close friend or a mentor or someone that you can talk through of like, do I feel like I'm wanting pure things or am I always wanting what I'm seeing on TV? So, yeah. yeah. Quick, quick soapbox about that. Um, we were at small group, we were talking about just like what we're watching, what we're listening to. And I always used to get really peeved when people would say that from the platform because I was like, I know what you're watching. You know what I mean? I was like, I can see right through you. I know that you're watching the same thing I am because I heard you make a Game of Thrones reference over there a few seconds ago. So just from the platform, we've all seen things that in the current places that we stand in life right now have brought up thoughts that you're like, wait a second, I've never thought this before and now it's in front of me and now all of a sudden I'm thinking about it. So this is not just a, hey kids, fix what you're watching, you know, put your, you know, covenant eyes or whatever it's called on your phone, although a great tool and can be used for the right thing, but that it's tempting for everybody at every phase of life, married, almost married, not married at all. Like it, that, that is a very real thing. It's a very real temptation. Jesus was tempted. Jesus was brought into the desert and tempted by the devil. Jesus Christ was tempted. But the thing that made him the man who knew no sin was he did not give in to such temptation. So it's okay that you've been tempted. It's a human thing that we've all experienced, including the Christ has experienced temptation. But don't feel like you've already sinned when you've just had the temptation. You have the authority in Christ Jesus to say, I'm not going to be, I'm not going to fall into that trap again. I'm not going to fall into that trap again. Um, and especially even things like, you know, you root for the affair in the, in the show or the movie because the husband is super whatever. And you're like, I want them to get together and they're going to fall in love. And it's just like, it twists and perverts what God has, which is marriage, you know, a covenant marriage between one man and one woman. So Anyway, so that's my soapbox hopping off. Next question. Um, next question, and this one is going to go to... Uh, this one's going to go to Grace. Um, what if I don't plan on ever getting married? Uh, what am I having sex for? Can I just have sex for enjoyment? Grace. It's um, a great question. I think that... In the Bible, it shows there are multiple people in the Bible who never got married. There are people who um, who decided to lead single lives. Not that maybe that was their heart's desire. There are people who just did not get married. Um, I don't know if they had like boyfriends or girlfriends or whatever, but um, I do know that they did lead majorly single lives. Um, when it comes to why can't I have sex if I never plan on getting married? Um, Drew talked about it. We talked about how sex is a good thing. Sex is not a bad thing. Um, and the fact that God created it for a very specific and a very um, certain scenario, that being marriage, um, I think that taking God's perfect gift from above and twisting it to be for your own satisfaction or trying to make it fit your own terms, I think that's where it can become a problem. Um, so I think that whether you decide to live the majority of your life as a single person um, or just decide not to marry, I think that's okay. Um, I think, though, that if sex is what you is something that you want, you also have to dive into why do I want to have sex? Who is it that I want to have sex with? Um, what are my intentions? Like, if you don't have a clear intention or clarity on the subject, that's, I think, where you should start is like, okay, who is it that I am like so upset that now I can't have sex with, even though I want to be single? Is that just something like, oh, can I just hook up? Or is it something that like you actually do desire? Something that's so beautiful about being in a relationship and being in a marriage is the fact that you do get to explore your sexuality with your partner. Um, and I think that 
once you get to that place, or if you decide not to get to that place, I think you need to clarify why do I want to have sex? Who is it that I would want to have sex with? And just really like bring it to the Lord. Like, hey, I think I want to be single, but I still have these desires on my heart. God's going to answer that for you. God can deliver that answer to you, no problem. Um, so, that, yeah, yeah, I think that's my Anyone answer. Anyone else want to add to that? <laughs> if you're waiting to have sex and be married and that's like the, like, you've made it, there's so much more in a marriage if, like, that's, like, what you feel is, like, what you're striving toward. And as someone who had a lot of sexual sin prior to getting married and when I was a lot younger, this is not a question we've asked yet, but I think it's important. Those things that I did long, long ago are still things in my mind now that I struggle with of, like, it's hindered my relationship, and I've had to be really open about that, that, like, those things that I thought were cool or like I wanted to be like my friends are still in my mind of like, I need to know that I've been forgiven and that those things were things that I was doing because I felt like that's what made me cool or made me have like a badge of honor. And I think it's important for you girls to know too that again, we had the same types of pressure that you girls have now. It's not like we were immune to that, but as far as like sex is so good in marriage, but it's also, there's so much more that you know, once you have that, it's like, oh yeah, that's great. And it's a way to like have intimacy, but there's so many other ways to be intimate with your spouse. And so it's just an important thing that it's like, I think it feels like this mysterious thing that everyone's like, I just can't wait to have. And it's like, there's so many more things. And Mm -hmm. if you can focus on your, just the unity and the life and the ministry you get to do with your partner, and then sex is a piece of that. I think that's just an important thing to keep in mind. Just one thing to thank you for sharing that because I, yeah. I mean it's it has been incredible to hear like the other side of those things and the grace of God also like on your life, um, and I'll just say too I know that I mean I am 29 and I had to like go through that period of like you know I'm not, I know I'm not old but being like I don't know if I'm gonna get married I have a lot of friends who are married, and understanding too that sexuality um, when we're talking about like the physical intimate part is a reflection of God in a sense yeah. to know that at the end of the day, like the physical, emotional act of sex is the act of being fully seen by someone, allowing yourself to feel fully seen, and then also seeing someone fully. So if you are single and choosing abstinence, or you might not be married, so you don't have the context to have sex, I'm not here to say like, having friendship is the same thing as like having the physical act of sex, but also be released to know like what you're craving is to be known and to be seen and that there are like, there's a life for you where you can still be fully known and fully seen, not only by God, but by others, by community. Um, It might not be what your heart desires initially, but like as someone who went years and in my story, like haven't had sex, it, it was just, a, it helps me understand, like, oh, this is the nature of God. Like, sex isn't something where he's like, and I just made it for human beings, and it doesn't really have to do with me, but I guess they have to procreate. Like, it, it, it is part of his character. Where he's like, I want you to be fully known and fully seen, and we can't experience that um, in a healthy way emotionally with people, too. So just to add that on, there's hope in that area for you now if you're waiting, and then also if you remain single. Beautiful. Anyone else want to add to that? Are we good? Cool. Um, and even I'm being single my whole life. I just want to just attest that you can have intimacy with Jesus that yeah. fully satisfies yeah. your physical, your emotional, and your spiritual needs. Um, I remember I was at a conference one time. I ran into this random dude in a line for pizza. And you guys probably think I'm insane. I'm just <laughs> throwing that out there. But it's okay. I'm really not. I promise. But this guy that I was talking to, don't ask me how we got on the subject, but he was like, I used to be, he was a sex addict, this guy. And he was like, and we were at this Christian conference and he goes, I used to be a sex addict. And when I met Jesus for real, not when he was a child and got saved in church or anything like that, he said, but when I met Jesus face to face, he said, all of my sexual craving vanished like that Wow. because I found it and I continue to find it in Christ Jesus. And that I was like, oh my gosh, I have never heard somebody actually have a testimony of that specific thing being met. And so from then on, I was like, I want to know you fully and I want you to satisfy me fully, right? Because that, like Sarah was saying, in you have that physical desire and you have the emotional desire too, right? Women, it's a very emotional thing for us. All the things are connected versus men who it's less 
less emotional. Um, but for us, the whole thing is interwoven, and Jesus can meet you in every single area, and he can fulfill all craving in every area, no matter what, because he is everything, right? He is our sustenance. He is our life. He is, it's his blood that courses through our veins, right, when we say yes to Jesus. So, um, I'm living proof that it is possible. Um, it's not easy because it's you have a dili- there's a diligence to it and there's a discipline to it, but it is possible. Yeah. Amen. That's good. Amen. All right. Next question. Uh, this is going to go to one of my married queens, Paulina as well, over there. Um, when I'm married, is everything I want to do with my husband okay or allowed? Is there still lust or bad things that I have to avoid? I'm going to go with sexually, but this could also be emotional within marriage. We'll start with Danny, and then my okay. other two married queens can answer. <laughs> um, okay, so this is a really good question. Um, so sex, like many people have already said, like God designed sex for marriage. It's meant to be enjoyed. Um, it's meant to be with your husband, and it's meant to be so you can enjoy one another. Like, hopefully, one day you will get to walk down the aisle to a man who loves you unconditionally, imperfectly, because no man can, only Jesus can love you perfectly. But hopefully, you walk down the aisle to a man who loves you. And when you, at least for me, like, I had never had sex. Um, intercourse until that night, and that was very terrifying. <laughs> um, as a church kid growing up, I kind of was taught, like, sex is bad, don't do it, and um, and so I really hope that doesn't get communicated, it hasn't been communicated up here from any of y'all, and I know it hasn't, but I hope that you don't internalize that. Um, sex was this beautiful gift that God has given us. It's meant to be enjoyed, um, and when and there are a lot of things that there's a lot of gray areas that um, even like prior to intercourse or sex that um, in the between kissing and sex, right? Y'all know what I'm talking about. Yeah, we're yeah. just gonna okay. say bye to our Good. next guy. Perfect, friend that's awesome. In here. Bye. bye. Perfect timing. Perfect timing. Such um, good timing. <laughs> gray areas. Um, so, <laughs> what's beautiful about marriage is the gray areas are no longer gray. Those are all accepted. Like, as long as it's consensual between you and your husband, like, go for it. You know? Like, if you get, I'm, I'm just saying, <laughs> do it. I mean, it's even marriage. I don't know what else to say, right? Like, yes, if, as long as you both are, like, cool, then cool. <laughs> I mean, that's what it's meant to be. Like it, yeah. it is meant to, sex is meant to bring you closer together. Like you are supposed to be literally husband and wife is meant to be one flesh and that's what sex is. And it's great. Um, and there's also times where it's awkward and that's okay too. And there's also times where it's wonderful and there's variations and, but it's meant for marriage. Just to be clear. <laughs> I don't want to be like overselling this and you all are like, Forget this. Um, um, oh man, why am? Oh man. Okay, it's been a while since I've been up here teaching, guys. I'm so sorry. Um, Okay. She's like, can I please keep going about the topic of husband? Yes, exactly. But I hope that answers some of it. Is that like, if you and your husband are both in it to win it, great, go for it. Yes, Danny. She's like, Devin. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah, all of that. Yeah. Um, hmm. Well, okay. Uh, I would say, I feel like I'm on a Miss Congeniality. And she's like, describe your perfect date. World okay. hunger. Um, I would say, similar to Danny, yes. There's a reason why, t- too, it's, it's, it's worth the wait. And it's important to know that the person that you're with is the person that you're going to be with forever. And so it takes away all of that stigma or ner- there's still nerves for sure. But I think knowing communication is super important. Yeah. Consent, like you just said, and yes. never doing something that you're not sure you want to do. But with your partner, it's like you can navigate those things. And without going into detail, like you guys all know a lot. So I don't need to go into details. But I think it's just important to understand that it's like this is your partner for life. And so it shouldn't feel like something like you feel like you need to do to earn their, 
you know, praise or things like that. You have yeah. your future to like practice and figure everything out and uh, that's all I'm gonna say. Yeah, yeah. all right. Yes. Yeah, and I'll just add, like, scripture does talk about the marriage bed never be defiled, and I think that that's really important to remember. Um, of course, all of these things are so wise and so important. I also think, like, the the beautiful thing um, about marriage, and, and similar to a little bit about what was shared before, I think, um, you know, for some of us, we do have histories, and we do have times when we weren't walking with the Lord, and we maybe made choices that, looking back now, you're like, yikes, um, but, like, praise the Lord for salvation, um, and <laughs> Jesus' death, and, like, next weekend, are you kidding? Like, thank you, Lord, um, but all that to say, I think um, there's no pressure, and I think that that's the blessing of it, um, and so there isn't pressure either way to, like, do something that you're like, oh, I think this is what I'm supposed to do, or pressure the other way to whatever, do the opposite. Um, so yeah, I just so deeply believe like the marriage bed may never be defiled. And um, it's a place where also like when I think of my husband, like I just want him to feel honored and respected and cared for and loved um, the way Christ models for us throughout scripture. So that would just be my prayer is it should be something that is loving and tender and um, honoring. Yeah. And uh, that sounds so weird, but no. It really turns out being yeah. that way. That's yeah. the best way I can describe it. Um, and I think having, you know, experiences where I can compare, <laughs> yeah. it's like now looking and being married, it it should be honoring. And yeah. it is, no matter what, yeah. because the marriage bed isn't defiled. So, yeah. I love that. Beautiful. Yeah. Love it. This will be our last um, kind of like deep dive question. And I have one fun one for the end. Um <laughs> But um, I'm going to throw this one at Grace, and then anybody can chime in. After everything I've been through, how do I trust new men that I meet and not put them in the same box as men from my past? Snaps to whoever submitted this question. I hope you're in here. I want to say um, first that I'm so sorry. Like, okay. I think that, <laughs> I'm going to get real with y'all. Um, I think that the experiences that you've been through, acknowledge them as real. Acknowledge that if you have been through a hard or difficult thing, it's not your fault. Um, as somebody who's been through hard and difficult things, I, it took me a really long time to acknowledge the things that I went through, um, especially as a high schooler and um, things I never really expected to go through just because I was like, oh, but I'm a Christian and that guy's a Christian. I never thought that they would treat me that way. Um, one of the things that I wish that I had done is talk to my small group leader. Danny was my small group leader. Um, and Paulina was my first high school summer camp leader. And um, these are two people that I seriously, seriously look up to. And I never, I never brought it to them. I never put my trust in them to listen to me, not because I thought that they wouldn't listen, but because I thought that I would be judged or I thought that I would be looked at differently or not as a Christ-like woman. Um, so that's the first thing I want to encourage you in is if you don't have a small group leader, find somebody who you trust and who will talk to you with a lot of truth and grace. Um, but when it comes to trusting new men, that is something I seriously, like that is something I still struggle with. And that is not their fault. Um, it's not my fault either, but it's because of my past experiences, I just have to look at things differently. And I have to go into it saying, you know what, God, like if this man or like this person that I like or that I'm dating or whatever, like if they are going to be like, God, I only want what you want for me. And what I want is somebody who's God honoring and God fearing and somebody who is going to treat me the way that you love them. Um, Cause that's the way I deserve to be treated. That's the way that all of you deserve to be treated. Um, I think that when it comes to trusting new people that you're dating or even that you're friends with, um, cause I'm also not going to say that like all like hard and terrible things happen only in relationships. I think it can they can happen in friendships too, um, which at I'm which is at least my experience is that it didn't like the things that have happened with me weren't necessarily with a relationship. They were with my guy friends, and they were with people that I thought that I could trust and 
people that I thought truly had my best interest at heart and saw me for me. Um, so when it comes to trusting new people, I think that you're allowed to be a little apprehensive. I think that you're allowed to kind of go into it with a more careful heart and one that's more like, okay, I'm gonna keep you at a distance for right now, but like if we warm up to one another, that's okay too. Um, I would say keep your mind and your heart open to whatever God is gonna do, because he's gonna do more than anything that you could even do or that guy could do or whatever, whoever it is. I think that he has the most control and he has the upper hand in it. So I think that no matter who it is, what guy, what girl, whatever, I think that you really just have to lay it at his feet. You have to literally say, God, this is yours. I'm putting it here. I'm backing away. It's not mine to touch. It's yours. So I think that when it comes to trusting new people in general and all of that, I think you need to acknowledge your hurt. I think you need to acknowledge your heart and where your heart posture is. I also think that you need to communicate. I think that with that new person that you want to date or you want to be in a friendship with, um, I think it's important to communicate where that hurt is um, and just bring a lot of clarity just because you can't get through anything or any relationship without clear communication. I was talking with some people about this earlier, but like clear communication, it's really where it comes down to. And like if you're trying to trust a new person or they need like you need them to trust you as well, communicate. And if they can't accept that or they aren't cool with those boundaries that you have now, they're not the person for you. Because the right person will respect you and will acknowledge your boundaries mm -hmm. and will hold them higher above their own. Yeah. Right? So that's just... Okay, preach. <laughs> that was so good. Devin, Can I saw I, you. Yeah, I have Before. a few thoughts just to build on that. That was so wise. Um, so uh, we teach people how to treat us. Yeah. And... I think, yes, agreed a thousand percent with what Grace said. Um, acknowledging what you've experienced is really important, but that's really hard, so I'm going to totally give you a therapist answer. I'm really sorry, um, but I can't help it. So um, we can't just, like, shove it down, um, so we have to process it first, um, and admitting it is oftentimes the hardest step but the most important step, um, and so that is where the wisdom of wise counsel coming around you is super, super, super important, and not just trying to, like, whatever gaping hole was created in your heart or in your mind or in your soul or in your spirit, like, you have to address it because, one, Christ is the only person um, that can fill it, um, but if we just try to fill it with other things. We're going to continue to seek after that forever and ever and ever, and it's going to make you totally cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs. So don't do that. Um, so ask for help, um, whatever that looks like, if it's pastoral help, if it's clinical help, um, whatever pain you've experienced from another person, whether it is a friend or partner or whatever, um, we have to process it first. Um, you know, I think... Uh, one of the things that was really empowering just in in the future of uh, my relationships was getting going to therapy and having pastoral support and all of those things um, because I got to heal some of the wounds um, before projecting it on my husband to even try to heal them for me because that's also not fair to him. Um, it's not JT's job to like heal the wounds that I have from other men in my life. Um, and, and honestly, he couldn't. It's only Jesus that could do that. So um, first and foremost, it's that. But also, you teach people how to treat you. Um, and one of the things, and I won't bore you with the story, but if any of you ever want to hear it, I, I love to share it because it's a total brag on my husband. But um, the most important thing that I uh, learned was that JT really loves Jesus more than he loves me by like a long shot. Um, and the only hope for our relationship is if he loves Jesus more than he loves me. Um, because he will call me out. He will edify me. He will hold me to a standard as a woman um, because he loves me as a sister in Christ too. Um, <laughs> and that really allows him to feel maybe more bold in holding me to a standard as a sister in Christ. So um, again, we teach people how to treat us. So yes, have boundaries and people will show, that, show you if they're gonna respect them um, and they will say all the right things usually, and I'm not pigeonholing people, but generally um, uh, people will say all the right things. So be guarded, guard your heart. It is the wellspring of life. That's what scripture tells us. Um, and allow people to show you 
through even maybe observing them and how they treat other people. Um, people will show you how they'll treat you by how they treat other people too. How they treat servers in restaurants, how they treat their family, how they treat peers. If they gossip about like Susie Q, they're probably gonna gossip about you. It's just the reality of the situation. Um, so all that to say, have your boundaries. Um, if they're not respected, it's not your fault. Um, that is also a lie that we'll tell ourselves when our trust is broken, is that it's somehow our fault. Um, of course, there's always multiple roles in conflict and in a situation. Um, but, you know, Romans tells us if it's possible as far as it depends on you live at peace with each other. And so I think it's the same in relationship um, and in friendship that, you know, whatever within your control, you can seek peace and seek connection in that. Um, but that doesn't mean you have to, like, be a doormat. Does that make sense? Yep. Mm -hmm. um, so, yeah stick to your guns, um, but also uh, just observe. Um, so yeah. good. We love you, Therapist Answer. Sorry. I can't, we love Devin's guys, I Therapist Answer. I want to go to Devin. <laughs> Therapy's the best. Maybe I should start going to you as a oh, therapist. <laughs> no, I'd love that. Um, yeah. <laughs> yes, I will be your friend. I swear. Um, okay, but I want to give you the scripture reference for what she just said, because I actually had it pulled up, was uh, above all else, guard your heart, for it is the wellspring of life. Right. In another translation, it says, guard your heart with all diligence, for out of your heart flow the issues of life. And so I almost look at it as like a little castle around my heart that I have to put there, right? God doesn't say, I will put a castle in front of your heart. I will guard your heart. He says, you guard your heart with all diligence above all else, because out of your heart, this is not your physical beating heart, although it's still stands true for that, but this is your emotional heart, that out of your heart flow the issues of life. Every single thing in your life is going to flow out of your heart. Like you said, we teach people how to treat us, and so our, our the attitudes that come out of our heart, whether they are protected or unprotected, that's what's going to be reflected back onto us. And so um, the other scripture reference I wanted to give you, because I quoted it but didn't give you the reference, is Romans 8.1 says, there is therefore now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. And so if you need to like, you know, write that in Sharpie on the front of your Bible that just says, there is therefore now no condemnation, zero, n none, no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Did someone say zilch? Did I hear that? Yeah. <laughs> zero zilch nada, condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. I spoke a while back in HSM about how I was bound with condemnation for 11 and a half years and got set free. I know all of us have experienced freedom from condemnation, so talk to somebody, man. That is the just key to so many things is just talking to somebody about it. And we're all available. We have other HSM leaders that are in the room. Will you guys raise your hands just so the ladies around you can see? Shout out to all of our ladies. Um, but all of these ladies are available and this is not for like, oh, I'll talk to them in two months. Talk to us tonight. Like get a phone number tonight, set up a coffee date tonight. Like do something that helps give you that step in the right direction so that you can literally be so freaking free in Christ Jesus that none of this stuff holds you back anymore. Can I read one more scripture? Yes. Sorry, just oh my like gosh. My I'm never going to say no to scripture. Um, no, I just, and I want to honor our time, but in Hebrews four, it's actually one of my favorite passages in all the scriptures, um, but it just says, and I'm just going to read a couple verses to you. Therefore, since we have a great high priest who has ascended into heaven, Jesus, the son of God, let us hold firmly to the faith we profess. For we do not have a high priest who's unable to empathize with our weaknesses, but we have one who has been tempted in every way, just as we are, and yet he did not sin. Let us then approach God's throne of grace with confidence so that we may receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. Um, the fact that Jesus empathizes with us, empathizes with us and doesn't just like sympathize like, oh, sorry, but also is like with us in it, that he's been tempted in every way, that he didn't sin. And because of that, we can actually approach him with confidence is like insane. Um, and then in that, that we receive mercy and find grace to help us in our time of need. So like if I could just tattoo that on my forehead, I probably would. I won't do that. That'd be embarrassing. But yes, together, so he, I know, right? <laughs> team. Uh, Hebrews 4, 14 through 16. I feel like I scream it from the rooftops a lot in my counseling sessions too. Um, but it's just important. So yeah. anyways, I'm done. So good. Okay, you guys ready for the fun question? Okay, this was the number one question on the thing, and I thought it was so cutie. And then we'll pray and be done. But what do you say after a kiss? <laughs> and I literally can't answer this question because that's never happened. So who wants to answer that? What do you say after a kiss? You just went, mwah. Now what? I usually laugh. <laughs> and it's usually really awkward. But I... Uh, uh, um. <laughs> I hope it's, I laugh at all the wrong too. moments, but it, 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 I think 
I also don't want to just be the kind of person to be like, thumbs up, buddy. Like, so. Thanks, champ. Way to yeah, go. Yeah, like, I don't know. Anybody else have a thought? And this is more of like a, maybe like a first kiss or a get to know you kiss. Not necessarily like, bye, JD. I yeah, like you. after, Mwah. yeah, after Brian gives me a kiss, I'm like, oh, so are we watching Survivor now? <laughs> like, okay. Um, <laughs> legitimately, though. Um, okay. No, but my, I'm sorry. My first kiss was actually on stage in a theater show at Oaks. My first kiss ever. So and it was Shakespeare. So your next line was a scripted line. Yes, it was okay. scripted. It was... <laughs> And what was what was the line? Ooh, great question. Okay. Wow, you would think I would remember, but um, I was something Shakespearean, like "Thank thee, oh prince." Uh, no, I have no That's idea. Exactly what you should say. <laughs> but yeah. Oh man. Anybody else? Nobody else has something to say. No. <laughs> Well, I was just affirming her. She said that in the first service, and I, that's what I did after my fiancé proposed to me as I laughed, and I felt yes. that was, like, I felt really bad because he was crying. But, no, I think... <laughs> and, I, and that's how we tell the story when people... And that's, that's it. But I think... So, okay, because I know this question is lighthearted, but I think, like, something cool that we did talk about in the first service, too, is, like, the, there's, like, no perfect thing to say. Like, we were joking, like, thank you, you know, but... Um, but it does, it should, like, if you're kissing someone, it should inspire the conversation of, like, where is this relationship going? Because, like, and I said this at 11 a.m., which is way too early, but, like, kissing is foreplay. Like, it, kissing does lead to deeper, like, sexual relations. And it's not to say you can have, you can't kiss and, like, it's just going to be zero to 60, but it's opening a door that is hard to close. So, I mean, I, I have been in a relationship, my previous one, where like we really just like kissed, like we were, we had a very awkward conversation about like no tongue, like all these things, which is like so funny to look back on, but it really guarded a lot for a relationship. And what I found, and I said this when I preached a few weeks ago, is like I've never regretted setting like firmer boundaries because it actually like preserved the purity of like our hearts and our minds, and we got to like enjoy the rest of our relationship so much better. And like even now, like being engaged, it's like, that's something we really have to like fight for and protect. And like, it takes a lot of energy to like actually move in the opposite spirit of that. Um, and, but so I would just say like, again, maybe not in the moment you're like, so where is this going? But to understand like, okay, we've kissed. So whether you've had that conversation before or after, just feel like, all right, like kind of like for yourself, like you guys are saying, like people will treat you as you allow them to be like, what are your intentions? Like, and ask yourself, what are my intentions? Yeah. Is this like a serious relationship? Are we just hooking up? Was this something that like, where do I want to go with this? And have an answer because it's going to save you from heartache and also preserve your joy. So just know like, all right, this is like the cue to like have that conversation. And if you're like, I don't know how to do that. Like Devin was saying too, like seek wisdom, like go to someone that has been in a relationship or just like loves Jesus. Like I would go to Sophia and ask her, like she's got wisdom, man. It doesn't matter if you've kissed someone or not, but. Oh yeah. Um, but no, for sure. So yeah, I would just say that, like, just know, don't worry about what you say afterwards, but like, go and have the conversation. Also, also just know, like, movies set you up for failure. So like, a lot of first kisses are like super awkward. I'm so embarrassed, I can't even tell you the story of mine. Um, like, yeah, it's just awkward, like the hot and heavy, yeah, just don't put pressure on yourself again, and don't think you're like the only girl that's ever had an awkward, yeah, just. An awkward so weird. It's mostly weird. But Shakespearean. Yeah, awkward just first weird. Case. Anyways, this is what Danny's coming from. Oh yeah. <laughs> no, I, exactly. I was gonna say. I, there's. I think there's so much pressure put on. Like, if you haven't had your first kiss, or like, do you open your eyes? Do you close your eyes? Do you say something before? Do you say something after? Yeah, exactly. What do you? I think. I think there's. You put it behind your back. You're like there is power. <laughs> But I think I like all jokes aside, like it's not meant to be perfect. It probably won't be perfect. And I think my nature in my first kiss a long time ago was like being silly. I was just like wanted to make light of it. So I didn't like seems, I don't know. I just was my defense. So it was like the minute the first kiss happened, I was like, tried to be all funny. And like, then I was just like, oh my gosh, I just blacked out. What well, was that good? I don't know. I can't tell. But like, it was just, I was it's so in my head. So I think just taking that pressure away of like, your first kiss is going to be your first kiss. There's no right or wrong way. Um, and, yeah, it's okay. 
be a human. It's okay. And one thing I was going to say pr previously, which I think is just important in the nature of like the guys being in one room and the girls being the other, I think it's really cool because you guys have been so focused, but also I think we all hope that this sparks a conversation between you and your friends of like there shouldn't be shame to yeah. bring up these things and to like support one another and to whether you're in a relationship or not, like encouraging your friends that are in good relationships and trying to support and hold accountable your friends that aren't in good relationships in a loving way. Yeah. But I think especially in high school, it's just really easy to compare and think like, well, why not? Why am I not in a relationship or my friend has this relationship like maybe that's not God's blessing for you right now. Maybe it's later. But I think just in, it's just really cool to see so many of you here. And I hope that, we all hope that you guys will just talk about this after and like just encourage each other and not have it be this, it can feel really divisive sometimes. Like you're only friends with your friends that are in the same season of life as you. And I think that's detrimental. So, yeah. And just yeah. know the beauty of getting older is that you can have friendships like this across the board here where we're all like relatively similar in age, but all in different phases of life. And that's okay, that it's not just a high school thing. This isn't just a college thing. This is a life thing that you can be, some of us can be single. So some of your friends will be single into their 40s, 50s, may never get married, right? Some of us might get married, there might be divorce. Like you never know what's gonna happen amongst your friends that you have right now, but just cherish them for the friendships that they are in your yeah. life right now. Don't seek out this like, well now that I'm you know, engaged, I can only have engaged friends because guess what you'll have no friends after yeah. that like when yeah. you start to isolate um, this happened to me in Bible college all my friends got engaged and it was like this big isolation thing where it was like Preach. the singles were left over here and all the almost married people were over there and it was super weird and I was like whoa 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 so I as the single person was like I'm not putting up with this and like kind of like just rammed my way through and was like we are still friends. I don't care what kind of rock is on your finger. Like, we're going for this. We're going to still be friends. And praise God that happened because I still have those friendships today. So don't isolate yourself um, and don't let your friends isolate themselves. Maybe if they, are, they experience a breakup and now they're the only one that doesn't have a boyfriend. Be friends. Support each other, right? You guys are... Women tend to just be so catty and so will like just pull out these like little nitpicky things and friendships will disappear like that just over small things. We all know that because we've all experienced it. But support each other as lady friends here in this room, especially in this ministry. High school is not forever. It will be some someday it'll be seven years ago like mine, gone with the wind. But um, just cherish it for what it is right now. Look around you to the people sitting on your left and on your right. Just hold them close because this is a sweet season that you're never going to get back. Um, so thank you, ladies. Can we give a round of applause for our panelists for absolutely slaying the night away? Um, we're going to pray really quick. I don't know what the boys are up to, but I'm sure it's, they're up to no good. Um, but I'm going to pray and then, um, yeah, we'll maybe have like a dance party or something. I don't know, because it's just all of us in here. Um, why don't you guys actually just put a hand on the person next to you, um, whether that be across the aisle or, you know, wherever you are. Thanks, Devin. Because this is what unity is. I know this is going to be so sappy and so women's ministry cheesy, but this is unity right here, that you guys can sit next to each other. There's no fighting going on. Even if you walked in in a fight, I really highly suggest you leave without fighting or without having any of that catty, you know, just like pettiness in the room. Yeah, I'm going to stop fighting with Devin tonight. It's crazy. We're going to stop right now. Um, but I'm just going to pray and just hold your sister in Christ tight, because um, like I said before, this moment uh, will be gone before we know it. So, Father, in Jesus' name, we just thank you so much for this sweet time that we had with you. Uh, you are the best man for us, Jesus, in every way, shape, and form. You are the lover of our soul. You are our spiritual husband, spiritual boyfriend, spiritual father, spiritual brother, spiritual friend. You are every single relationship we could ever need can be found in you and found fully and wholly secure in you. And so we just thank you. We thank you that because you died on the cross and raised from the dead, you allowed us to be back in the presence of God face to face. Without that sacrifice, we are not here. We are not worshiping you. We are stuck in law and stuck in religion. And so, Lord, we thank you that you brought us back face to face with you. And that above all else, Jesus, even in these questions, which were wonderful questions and the seekings and knockings that we had with amazing women on this panel today, we know that you are our ultimate answer. Yes. You are the ultimate answer giver. You are not just the answer itself, but you can give us every single detail to any question yeah. we ever have. And you are always accessible. 
you are never too far. You are never too um, angry at us. You're never angry at us, Father. We thank you that you are waiting with open arms every single time we come to you. And like it says in Hebrews 4, we approach your throne with grace tonight, God. And we just say thank you for the answers that were given, the wisdom that was just poured out over this room. We thank you that we can take really good proactive action steps towards great relationships, great marriages, great raising of kids, um, or even just a life of singleness at your feet, Jesus. Whatever it may be, we thank you that it's all available and it's all perfected in your love. And so we love you with our whole heart. We thank you for HSM and for this opportunity in Jesus' name. Amen. Thanks so much for joining us here on the Calvary HSM podcast. We would love if you could connect with us on social media using the handle at CalvaryHSM805 on Instagram or going to our website, calvarywestlake.org slash HSM. We always have fun things going on and we want you to be a part.